listening to the Brotherly Talk Podcast. Keep it real. What's up, all you beautiful people? I'm Roy with the Brotherly Talk Podcast, and today's going to be a little bit of a, a, a wind down in between all the interviews that we've been doing. I'm here with my buddy, Dennis. Dennis. How you, how you doing, guys? How you doing today? Yeah, your deep voice daddy. Deep voice daddy. That's what <laughs> we like to call him, and that's... That's what we hold in our hearts when it comes down to Dennis. I love him. He's one of my best friends, along with Fernando, who's you. also a part of this uh, podcast talk. Yeah, so th- this this is going to be a drastic change from a lot of the things that we've been talking about. Uh, this podcast episode is going to revolve around like some geeky nerd type shit, and that's exactly what the three of us are who run this podcast. We're all geeky nerds. We like <laughs> gaming, and we just like that shit. And uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna get real about um, the gaming community, video games, and what's coming our opinions on games from now to then and all kinds of other stuff, you know? So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it, Dennis. Uh, what what I want to know, uh, it, it, it's such a broad topic and a lot of people I think are definitely going to relate to this when you, I, I, cause I know, I just know almost exactly what you're going to say because I guarantee okay. you feel the same way about it that I do. Um, so games have taken a drastic turn today from what they used to be. All right. So, just just to put like a uh, distance or a gap in between exactly what I'm talking about, we're gonna go with ten years. So, from in in the last ten years, what have you noticed about games then to today? Uh, I would say probably one of the biggest things I'd say the difference between the back then games nowadays was I guess more in the company part where they're trying to microtransaction and money grab a lot of things oh yeah back then like you know the games used to be you buy the game maybe get a dlc every now and then but that's pretty much it but nowadays i realize that a lot of the games that are coming out today try to not really force you but like more like incline you to buy this item or buy this thing to get further and progression in the game right yeah like one of the biggest examples would be destiny Mm -hmm. like that destiny drops dlc and dlc and everything but they give you like these other, uh, how do I say, this, items and stuff like that that you can get with real money. And don't get me wrong, like, what I think is that you have to buy the game, which is $60, then you buy the DLC, which is another 30 and drop another one, which is another 30 and then they have another one that's like 40 But then if you're a day one player, you're basically spending over like $200. But if you're new to the game, you can get all the DLCs and everything combined for like $60 after everything's already dropped. Yeah. So it's kind of like, like a big fuck you to the old players that spend... A bunch of different money if that makes sense what i'm trying to say here no i i i, I hear you I, I noticed that a lot um a good genre that i can point out that did something similar to that would be uh, like fallout 4 fallout 7 or fallout 4 fallout new vegas jumping into the more modern version of it fallout 76 and nothing but mm-hmm. fucking microtransactions it's not about the I don't know. I feel it's not about like the base game anymore. It's not about making players happy. It's about fucking that little brief happiness that you get with purchasing something, and then you always want something more. And those microtransactions really fucking, you know, shoot down the fucking gaming community. Uh, I I I definitely get that. I definitely get that. So uh, I was gonna ask you. I know The Last of Us just came out. The show. I heard nothing but fantastic things about it. Okay, and. Ooh. A lot, a lot of the shows that try to make an ad- or movies that try to make a direct adaptation to it usually fail horribly mm-hmm. at it. Like yeah. with the Halo show, the Assassin's Creed movie. But what is your opinion on the Last of Us show? Do you think it really is holding up to its value of the direct adaptation to the game? 
Oh man, dude, I've I've got so many strong opinions on that. Like I'm not even joking. Um, I want to start off with saying that I think that the actors Pedro Pascal and fucking oh fuck, what's her name? Uh, the the actor that plays Ellie. I'm sorry if you if if you ever listen to this podcast. I know you're famous, probably not, <laughs> but I respect you so much because I think you're doing so much justice to your character, and she's taking such a whiplash from the community just because she's got a large forehead. Like, I shit you not, that's it. She doesn't look like Ellie in the games, and she has a pretty big forehead. But despite that, <laughs> she is playing the role fucking perfectly. Amazingly. Well, All right? And as far as a, a direct adaptation between the video game and the show, um, they the first episode, fucking almost 100%. 100 points spot on like it was so fucking keen to everything that happened in the game to adapting over to the show second show had a little bit of quirks when it comes down to it but not like bad quirks at all like it didn't take away from the show's value and worth because it was absolutely amazing the third the third episode that just recently came out and uh i'm going to talk about that because i i felt very very strong about it like i think that was such a beautiful episode and there was so much potential um in the game Essentially, uh, in the game, right, when Joel meets Bill, right, Joel goes through, like, all of Bill's traps, biting fucking clickers and shit in this little village that Bill has made because Bill, originally his character was just some, like, super crazy survivalist who built a bunker in his house, um, managed to escape the soldiers and start his own, like, settlement almost, but he was, like, doomsday prepared and shit. He's a weirdo. <laughs> and, um... The only time you see the interaction between really Bill and Frank in the game is when you see Frank like hang himself in the game. Okay, it was like a suicide, and Bill ended up just like cutting him down. It was a really sad moment and stuff. But the the show, oh my god, the show did way much better than I thought they would. You don't see any of what the show showed about the relationship between Bill and Frank and how like Joel and Tess met. Um, I. It's really, it's really, it's different because in the show, Bill and Frank, they're they're gay together. Okay, um, Bill ended up saying saving Frank in a trap that he built to prevent people from like busting into his place. And every bone in my body when they were first like encountering and shit was like, oh, these guys, this this guy Frank is gonna fucking kill Bill at some point. But they, it ended up being the most sweetest. Gay rate like I don't want I don't want to say they, they they were lovers and stuff and the relationship they had was it was just so sweet and admirable and what I really liked that the show did okay is because gay is such a genre that is pushed in films TV shows and video games now so much that it does become cringe like 95 percent of the time that you see these gay couples on TV yeah. or in a video game. It's such a it's such an agenda that's pushed and it just ruins a lot of films. But this this gay experience that you watch on the show was so wholesome and it didn't feel pushed. It just felt natural. Like these two just graduated uh gradually came to each other. And like it, it's something that you don't look at it and you cringe. You're just like, wow, these people, you know, in, in the shittiest of situations in this survival world and everything just come together and it's it's so fucking great, man. And I'll give you my HBO password and stuff. But you know who Ron Swanson is, right? Of course, From Parks yeah. and Rec? Yeah, mm -hmm. you're never going to look at him the same when you watch episode three. But as an actor, you I promise you will respect him more 
because of this. And I promise that when you watch it and you see like this gay couple on the show do their thing, it's not going to feel like it's pushed and it's like an agenda that's going down your fucking throat. It's going to feel just natural and happy and stuff. My wife cried. I was just smiling. I was just so happy watching it. Like it was <laughs> such a beautiful fucking episode, man. <clears throat> so to answer what I, how I feel about um, it being like a direct ad adaptation of the show. It's doing really good in like the, the key parts of the game so far. The parts that define yeah. what the game was. And then it has adapted to the ability that or and it, it's adapted in the sense that it's being it's going from game to a TV show. So it, it has so much wiggle room to go in between the main key parts. So I, I really love what the show is doing. I loved the game Last of Us. I fucking loved it. I watched it first and then I played it myself and God, I'd do it again. Mm -hmm. If I could play it for the first time again or watch it for the first time again, I would. And it, fe it feels like I'm watching it for the first time again, watching The Last of Us on TV. And so far, it's 10 out of 10 fucking... If I was a famous reviewer of movies and TV shows... This would be the number one fucking show of the year because it's doing that great, wow. and I 100% recommend it. It's beautiful, in my ass. I love it. Okay. I respect that. Mm -hmm. uh, I do want to say for all the, our viewers and everything, when he did say about you know the the gay agenda being pushed in movies and everything, I right? mm -hmm. don't don't think we're bashing on you. Right? we support the LGBTQ, all that stuff. You know, if you're gay, you can do your thing. You know, mm -hmm. but yeah. it, it did. I will admit that in some movies, it's kind of forced and. I haven't seen The Last of Us yet, the show at least. I played the hell out of the game. The game was fantastic. But mm -hmm. I've seen multiple side-by-side -side screenshots, and I, I just can't wait to see it. It looks phenomenal. It is. It is exactly phenomenal. And I and I, I hear you with that gay agenda, man. They, they really do push it, and that's just a fact. The motto is keep it real, and we're keeping it real. It's something that gets pushed often. But I promise when you watch episode three, I guarantee you're going to smile, and it's not going to feel forced or anything. It's just going to be like, wow, these people really love each other, and it was great. His oh god, Ross was oh, I'll give you I'll give you the HBO password here soon. I I oh, added an account for you. I added an account for you. I promise. I did. <laughs> Appreciate once, it. once you get here in Colorado tomorrow, and if you stop by tomorrow, before I go to bed, well, we watch it. <laughs> we'll fucking we'll fucking hit it up and stuff, my dude. All right, so no. um, all right, brother, I got one for you. Uh, so I understand that there's a lot of uh, topic. There's a lot of um, talking about the the new engine that was released in the gaming community. It's Unreal Engine Five, and mm -hmm. uh, there's so much shit popping off about it about how like real it is. And I I I, would, I just want to hear what you got to say about it. Uh, if you've watched it, you've you've seen gameplay on it. Have you experimented with it? Like, how do you feel about the new Unreal Engine Five? So. I haven't really messed around with the actual Unreal Engine 4 engine itself, like, you know, for game creator. I did mess around with Unity for a little bit when I got into my, you know, just testing the waters to see how well I can create a game and everything. Yeah. And Unity really is more known for, you know, indie developers. But Unreal Engine 5, that from a big step up to Unreal Engine 4, from the different crossovers, from the different uh, perspectives by side-by-side -side images, it looks actually insane. Like it's there's this video. Define insane. Oh, I'm I'm getting there. The, um, there's <laughs> videos where they'll be showing uh showcasing Unreal Engine Five, and you will a hundred percent think this was filmed on like an iPhone in an actual location, because the the graphics and how they do the presets and how they set up all these different uh how do I say connections. It just it looks 
phenomenal. Like I had to legit look up this backstory of this one video because it was way too real to be like fake. Really? Like the water, the water looked crystal clear. It legit looked like you were standing on the side of a cliff, just taking a video on your iPhone of like, I don't know, some some place by the ocean. No. And way. um, yeah, I really wish I was lying, but I feel like with the uh, Unreal Engine, they're doing great steps and making major improvements towards uh the next lineup of games. So I'm very excited to see what the games in the future have to come. Okay. So so would you so with you seeing like the Unreal Engine five and stuff, do you think that most uh computer uh, PC computer setups and maybe even console setups that people have now, do you think if it were to release and games were to be released on it like right now, that these consoles and PCs would be able to handle something that severe? Do you think so that's with so with PCs right now, um, actually, if you own a PC and everything, you can actually go into the Unreal Engine mm-hmm. 5 website. You can download a preset matrix map that they specifically made for that. So you can kind of test the waters, see how your PC runs with it. But I do, I, if I do, oh, I got to reset, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, do yeah. say that if the Unreal Engine 5 is how well it looks, I will say that later on in the future, PCs and possibly Xbox, Playstations will probably most likely have to make an upgrade to a higher processor and software to actually run it at the full capacity. So with the 4080 that just dropped, right, we feel like if a big made game, uh, like a AAA tile did come out on Unreal Engine 5 with those kind of graphics, your PC will definitely need to be making an upgrade. Okay, so... So be ready to drop money if you're ready to see that realistic shit. But I mean, yeah. at some point, that realistic shit is gonna drop down to the probably the caliber where most gamers are eventually. And that's just kind of like how the way life goes. There's always gonna be something new, and Unreal Engine Five is gonna eventually be, you know, where most people sit. Like I, I'm on a fucking uh, uh, GeForce RTX 3050 laptop, and that's just how I do my gaming stuff. And it's pretty fucking badass. It's a it's a little kicker of a laptop and stuff. It does everything I need to, and I'm sure you got something badass too. But eventually, I'm gonna need to fucking upgrade. And hopefully soon to be able to play something like that. Um, All right. Well, I'm gonna ask. To, let me take a step back and ask maybe more like a kind of like a basic question. You know, maybe there's a random question that usually your friends ask you or not. But what, what what's your what's your favorite type of game? Like what's your what's your favorite game in general? So like ever. So so I have I have two answers to that. I'm gonna start off with the uh, a very broad answer, and this is. So when so when I'm playing with like friends or like I'm gaming with friends and stuff, especially a lot mm-hmm. recently, um, I definitely enjoy the more horror genre where it's like co-op horror, right? I love running through something, and getting scared, and fucking around with my bros. Like that's that's just something that, like phasmophobia. We were playing phasmophobia recently, <laughs> Labyrinthine on Twitch. Um, th- those games just really get me like you know blood boiling, fucking screaming and shit, and having a really good time. But if that that would take like second place for the genre of games that I play, but the the top genre of games that I would really enjoy, and shout out to Bethesda for making absolute wonderful games, would definitely be uh, both Skyrim and Fallout Four, because both Skyrim and Fallout Four, so those the open world RPGs and it, it's story driven, but it it's it's so driven to what you find you discover while you're out in the world, you know. There's just so much that you can come upon. And yes, it's guided in a way, but you don't have to follow the guy. Like if Preston Garvey says, <laughs> Preston Garvey goes, another settlement needs your help. 
Here, I'll mark it on your map. You're fucking... You could be like, alright, fuck you, Preston. Go off somewhere else and find a ghoul farm that needs help or something, you know? Like, there's there's just so much quality into those games. And, and like you were explaining early earlier, there's DLC for the game that you can purchase, yes, to extend the game. But there's no microtransactions where you pay, like, 20 bucks to get, like, two skins to look differently that'll fucking eventually yeah. die down. Like, it... it you get emotionally invested into the progress that you make. Like, I, I, I know a lot of, and don't take it the wrong way, guys, but when you guys met Piper in Diamond City playing Fallout 4 and realizing that you can have a somewhat of a romantic relationship, I'm not talking about you fucking <laughs> piping the Piper down, but you can, like, have uh, more in, you know, deep conversations with her in the game, and... You, you get those options, and it just builds character depth, and it, it, it emotionally attaches you to, to those characters. And I think that's really great about games that a lot of people get wrong these days. So I would definitely say open-world RPGs, role-playing games, where you have this vast open world and endless possibilities as to what you can do. You can always build a settlement in any way you like. You can have settlers in, like, Fallout 4. Right, and this Skyrim is just so full of content that no matter how long you play it, I guarantee you that you're always gonna find something new. You're gonna step over the uh, one rock differently, and that's gonna open up a whole new dungeon delve in Skyrim or something, you know. And I, I really mm -hmm. miss those games because there, there hasn't been one that has been pushed out or released recently, except for what I'm really hoping lives up to the expectation would be, uh, I think it's Starfield, right? Starfield, that's yeah. the new Bethesda game that's being released mm -hmm. soon. And I really hope that Starfield takes from both Skyrim and Fallout 4. Because if it doesn't, if it doesn't take from those two games and it doesn't build something like it once had, Starfield is not going to be successful. If it falls into the microtransaction shit, people are not going to love it the same. If if you can if you could sit down and get lost in a world for hours where you look at the time, you're like, okay, I could do this for another 30 minutes. You think 30 minutes is a long time, but then 30 minutes pass within like two minutes of you playing. That's not a good, it, that's a great game. But if you can't do that with this new game that's coming up with Bethesda, just not going to be as successful as your past games, period. That's fair. Uh, I would, for me personally, I, I would agree with you for the multiplayer aspect of it would be, it's always good to sit down with your boys and play a good horror game, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, but me personally, though, like, one of my favorite games uh, ever was actually based off a book, and that was uh, Metro 2033 mm. and Metro Last Light. Yeah. I've read the book, too, by uh, Dimitri. Uh, I'm not going to butcher his last name, but <laughs> Ukrainian developer, right? Published yeah. by 4A Games, published by Deep Silver. I, I, I just love the post-apocalyptic open world survival type stuff metro's open really world more, it's, not, it's not really more of open world exodus is more of an open world but okay, okay it was more of a linear but you had your free range of motion within the mission as well like you didn't have to go through checkpoint through checkpoint but i just like the entire post-apocalyptic setting of it where the storytelling was phenomenal main mm -hmm. character rtm was amazing like you actually felt attached to your characters and everything Mm -hmm. And it's, I just love the whole survival aspect of the game. Same things with like uh, the game Stalker. If you guys, I know if you guys haven't heard about Metro, Stalker it could be maybe uh, equivalent to that type of game. So that's uh, just uh, my type of single player games. It's more open world or post apocalyptic, trying to do survival type games. So, and that genre just has so much potential. And 
I think I can add on to that a little bit, especially for, I, I would say especially for men, and not, and not taking away anything from women when I'm talking about this. Uh, they'll take it the wrong way. But I, I think men generally gravitate towards that survival aspect where you got to be you know, masculine and strong and survive <laughs> in this world of horror and then build something good out of it, you know? And I think that really that really helps men gravitate towards it. So, yep. Um, all right. So, you, you done told me, and now I got to ask. All right. February is... It's the 30th today, and it's the end of the 30th. Tomorrow's the mm -hmm. 31st, and then February 1st hits. What do you think of the Xbox Gold lineup for February 2023? And tell me about it. So the Xbox Gold lineup for 2023 is going to be two different games. One game is going to be uh, For the King and Guts and Goals. So I don't really know too much about Guts and Goals, but the game uh, Guts and Kings, it's a strategic RPG, you know, that blends like tabletop and roguelike elements into like an adventure. I think a lot of people who like that uh, type of genres will actually get a good kick out of the game, you know. If you got Xbox Gold, it's free, you know, might as well try it out. So I don't really know too much about the uh, the other game, Guts and Goals, but you can always just give it a quick little Google search and see if it likes to uh, see if you like it. So are you going to try and play those games when it comes out? Or specifically more for the king because you know a little bit more about that one? I definitely will probably try it out. I, I like I like my good blend of strategic RPGs, you know, kind of like a little tabletop. I've been in my tabletop type of, uh, how would I say it, mood recently with yeah. cards and Demio and yeah, D&D, all that stuff. Demio, Solasta, and all that good goodness, yeah. Yeah, well, so I probably definitely will be giving it a try. If you guys are on Twitch, don't forget to uh, look up Dinonator. Instead of the O's, you put the zeros, you'll find him. We've been... Uh, we do stream games on Twitch too, so we got a little community going on. If you really want to join as well or play with us and have that opportunity, hit us up on Discord. That's, that's D I N zero N A T zero R. Dino Nader. He is the nature of dinos. He's the dino daddy of our gaming community. And if you want to follow my boy here, it's Beefy's Gaming. Mm -hmm. Beefy's and gaming. Beefy underscore gaming. Yep. I think it is it is it. Beefy's gaming. I, I think yeah, I is. think it's just Beefy's gaming, like one word, or is it Beefy? Okay. It might be Beefy. No, it's not Beefy. It's definitely <laughs> gonna be Beefy's gaming. You should be able to find you know, it. Just tag? No, I don't actually. <laughs> I know my oh, gamer okay. tag, and the story behind that name actually is like, I I had like the most stupid Xbox generated name when all I had was Xbox. It was like Rusty Spade or something, and I was like, what the fuck is this? So I was like, okay, I want like a catchy name or something. And I shit you not, I think I was drunk after after like uh, seven glasses of Jack Honey or something. And I was like going through Google and name generators and I came up with Beefy Weasel 1216. <laughs> I don't know why, but I went with it. And it has legit stuck with me ever since and I like it. So I'm I'm not a big boy. I'm a skinny I'm a skinny boy, you know. I'm not beefy or anything. I I mean, I wish I was a little bit beefier, you know, I should probably hit the gym or some <laughs> shit. But, um, yeah, that's how my gamertag was found. I was just drunk, and I was like, I need a new one besides, like, fucking Dusty, Rusty, Spade, fucking Armpits, Musty, Reebok, Dusty, you know? <laughs> um, how uh, I, uh, how I, my bad, what are you saying? You're good, brother. Go ahead. 
I was like, how I actually got my name was, uh, so my, my dad used to nickname me Dino, and it's spelled the same way as Dino. It's a D-I-N-0, a D-I-N-O, I mean. And at the time, my favorite movie was Terminator. So I just put Dino and Nader together, and it just happened come up with my profile picture with my dinosaur the robotic eye. So is it Dino Nader, or is it Dino Nader then? Originally. It's Dino Nader. And it, it yeah. was originally Dino Nader? Oh. Yeah. All right, perfect. I think it's your go now, brother. All right. Uh, so we talked about, you know, what our favorite type of genre is. <laughs> we talked about the past games, what they did different, what's your favorite game in general. But what's, what's one game that you're actually most anticipated for, like coming out in the near future? Like you just can't wait to game drops that day, drop everything you do and play it. Um, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off a little bit what I was saying earlier. Um, it's going to be two different things right now as well. But I'm I'm gonna go with Starfield first because, um, I mean I mean, I I get that they Bethesda made Elder Scrolls Online right and Elder Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls Online, and it it was good it really was, but it wasn't great it it didn't live up to Skyrim it didn't live up to yeah. fucking Oblivion it didn't live up to Fallout Four didn't live up to New Vegas. It had not even the slightest of comparisons. But for a massive multiplayer online game, it was alright. It wasn't bad at all. It was something that I could have definitely gotten into and kept playing. Starfield has a lot of potential. It does. All I'm saying is it better not fuck up. Bethesda, you, you, you fumbled the ball. With Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout seventy six, you fumbled hard. All right, now let's let's not fuck up with Starfield. Okay, my second game that I'm actually really anticipated for is definitely going to be Hogwarts Legacy. All right, and the reason I say that is because <laughs> it looks like it has the potential to live up to my hopes and dreams of what I experienced when I played like Fallout four. I never had the opportunity to play a, a Harry Potter game when I was growing up. And I think it has the potential to give me that feel that I felt when I was like 15 or 16. Yeah, I was probably like 16 or 17 years old when I played Fallout 4 for the first time. If Hogwarts Legacy can succeed in making me feel that young again and that excited and that invested into playing a game, Hogwarts Legacy is definitely gonna fucking take the stand like like yeah. like we were discussing i think yesterday i'm gonna give it one week and watch reviews if it's good you i fucking it? got it i'm getting it all right i don't even care if i gotta pull from my savings for that fucking 70 dollars <laughs> I'm, I'm getting that game and i'm gonna fucking binge it till i'm done and That's i hope true. it's fucking rated r so there's some fucking nasty shit in there or something you know i don't want mm -hmm. it to be fucking pg Fuck parental guidance and fuck parents. <laughs> so uh, I will say I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm gonna give you about a week, and if I if I like it, what I see, I'm definitely gonna get it. Mm -hmm. And another thing to add on is I'm looking really looking forward to Starfield as well, 100. Mm -hmm. And when it first comes out, it's gonna be single player, obviously, mm -hmm. but just somehow maybe somehow later down the line, if they ever do add a co-op mode, that game if it holds up to its hype, that game will be 
known for centuries, known okay. for decades. So for my most anticipated game, I'm going for like more like a twofer as well. But for my single player game, I definitely am lo- really looking forward to Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I like those post-apocalyptic games. I love the first Stalker. Too bad it got delayed, though, again, because of what's going on in Ukraine right now, because it is a Ukrainian developer. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can do what needs to be done. And, you know, hopefully the game will come out at a good time, you know. For the co-op game, I'm really looking forward to Sons of the Forest, because that game is going to be really good to be playing with friends. We're going to get, we have some really good content from that. I nice almost little forgot about that game. game. I almost yeah, forgot about we, that, yeah. You and me got to play it, you know? I'll get it. I'll and get it. So I'm definitely looking forward to Sons of the Forest, because the first Forest was phenomenal. It was so goofy, so much good content out of it. The Story turtle good. shells, bro. The turtle shells. <laughs> so, but yeah, those two, I'll, I'll be definitely keep my close eye on, so. Okay, I'll put my goldfish down. I know you see me munching over here. Yeah, but you be but munching. I'm going to tell you something about my goldfish real quick, right? I put it in my, this little red bowl, right? <laughs> Fucking, my daughter runs up to me because she, she's been putting the goldfish in. And she looks at me, she's yeah. like, Dad! I'm fucking just dazzed me like a couple times, and I'm looking at her like, "You want some goldfish?" And she's like, "Dah!" And <laughs> so I, I put I put like a handful of maybe ten, eleven of them in my hand, like a good little handful. I hold my hand down. I'm expecting her to grab like two or three. She goes, puts one in her mouth, grabs another one instantly. Both hands. She just starts grabbing them. She stuffs her whole cheek with like fucking ten, eleven goldfish. And then <laughs> runs off when she sees that the thing's empty. I shit you not, she fucking chipmunked me with goldfish. <laughs> I, shit, I Dude, I'm not even fucking joking. It was so cute. And her cheek was just like a big old bulge of fucking goldfish. And I was like, ah, that's my daughter right there. Damn, bro, you got robbed of your goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Oh, man. So this question. I, I should have thought of a better one, you know, coming about. Uh, writing this stuff down and stuff um so so we already discussed like a lot of uh the expectations and what we're happy and excited for the the next question i was going to ask is what are you most excited for when it comes to the gaming like what 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 are you ready to see like what's coming up that you just can't wait until it drops and it doesn't have to be about games either it could be about consoles pcs like what, what's something that's really just like quirking your bones you just can't wait for it to fucking happen for the community of gaming in online um that's a good question so it's not really like a game that's coming out yet or anything right but to be honest i would really be excited to see if someone can make a game that's possibly like has like a skill tree right open world maybe a a good story telling to it co-op with it a lot of customization which like characters and maybe ships or cars or weapons i know it's like kind of like a really sounds like a perfect game but if if something like that ever does come in development i'd I'd be wasting a lot of my hours on that yeah yeah i i'm with you man i'm so fucking tired of these microtransaction bullshit that has just been going on in these games that are so focused on massive multiplayer online and shit. It's like, yeah. come on, give it, give us something that we can binge for the next five years and still have new, new shit with it. You know, you did it with Skyrim, you did it with Fallout Four, you did it with New Vegas, you did it with a, a couple other really good games. Oh shit! You know, I really forgot to give credit to 
the most deserving game of our time. What's that? Red Dead Redemption 2. Phenomenal game. I really did forget to mention that. You know, I I'm I've I'm going through a playthrough now. And I don't I don't know how far I am in the game in reality. I haven't completed it. But it it's even like the online version of it, like the attention to detail. I, that's enough to fucking sell the game to people. The attention to the attention to detail is absolutely incredible. The story, the story is so fucking rich, and it one million percent gets you emotionally invested. So if you're looking for a game that you haven't looked at or tried or played yet, one uh, you gotta go through fucking Red Dead Redemption Two. It does justice to the genre mm -hmm. so much. Red Dead Redemption One was super fun to me. Red Dead Redemption Two is. Phenomenal is an understatement, and I'm 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 just gonna leave it at that. Phenomenal is an understatement. I will say for all my people who don't are not really into storytelling games, you know, obviously that's you do you, you know. It does have a great multiplayer experience as well. Rockstar always hits the the nail, head of the nail on that shit. So that's just amazing too. What I would love to see though, love to see is an undead redemption for two. Oh like my first god, one, yes. That was amazing. Fuck and if yes. they ever made that with a second one, their player base would come back tenfold. But yeah, we are we are hitting the probably gonna be closing up soon, but I do want to say two different things for two different type of gamer bases. Uh for all my Warzone players out there, the revive pistol did get removed due to a a uh, glitch in the system right now. So if you ever, if you still do play Warzone and it's not there, that's the reason why. And two, for all my Witcher fans out there. There's, there's a, there is a rumor going around that the new Witcher could possibly have co-op. So I want you to get too hyped with it, but I'm just going to leave it there Ooh, for right now. Daddy. Which, if it does have co-op, it's going to be phenomenal. All right. All my, all my beautiful listeners and our beautiful listeners, man, you got, you got three hosts in this podcast with a variety of opportunities to take with each of us. If you want to talk to one of us specifically, all you got to do Seriously, all you got to do is hit up uh, a waiver, send us an email with a biography and a topic that you want to discuss. And if one of or if one of the three of us see it and want to talk to you about it, we will happily grant you that opportunity because our platform is used to give a voice to the little guys and discuss wonderful things. All right. Uh, further to end it, guys, we love you. We appreciate everything that you do with us. We really do. All the interactions. It is great. If you want to hear more topics like this, video gaming is a humongous topic, and we're definitely going to dive into it. So enjoy mm -hmm. Episode 7, and catch us next time, you wonderful, beautiful, mm -hmm. lovely lot. Love you guys all. If you guys, want to, if you guys want to talk about anime too, I'm your guy, so I got you. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Roy, Dennis, and Jimbo from the Bradley Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say uh, thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Your support means everything to us, and we're super appreciative of it. If you want to see more content like this, make sure you interact in any way you can. We're on many platforms under the same name of Brotherly Talk. The whole, the whole idea of this was to give a voice to the little guys, everyday normal folk who don't have a platform to speak on. We'll be your platform. As always, keep it real.